Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or... Well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available. Do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M I Z. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is Tua Tonkavila's English language coach, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also with us is Georgia's official Xanax dealer, Caleb Bungart. Hello, children. So uh, we've got a surprisingly a lot to talk about, yeah. considering Mizzou has not played football since their uh, horrific bowl game mm-hmm. and uh, won't be playing football for another eight months or so. Sure. But last night was the national championship, and given the state of the national championship, guys, I think it's only fair we call it SEC Around the Horn. We, we, we break our bread and Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. It was an all-SEC national championship, and since we are talking about only SEC teams, it's only fair that we bring in our good friend, the Paul Finebot. So, Colin, why don't you fire up the Finebot for us now? Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Nick Saban, indeed. This is going to be a Nick Saban-heavy episode. Are you ready, Paul? Let's get started. Okay, guys, what did you think about uh, a hell of a game last night? How many coaches would have the balls to pull their quarterback has only lost two games in three <sighs> and years? And throwing like one interception in and 250 attempts. And, and taking put, them to two straight national championship games. Yeah, and just put, put a new kid in there, let mm-hmm. him chuck it around and win a ball game. Fucking well, shit. Andy Reid wouldn't. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you what, a guy with as many rings as uh, Saban's got is probably the only guy with the balls to do it. They, ha- I mean, it wasn't a bad decision. I mean, they obviously now, in retrospect, but their offense was going nowhere and doing nothing. Danny Cannell thought it was a terrible decision. Yeah. Well, Danny Cannell is... Uh, has proven time and time again not to know much about college football. Yeah, and he looks stupid. But uh, <laughs> Nick Saban didn't. Yeah, the uh, the Hawaiian kid who uh, Alabama fans, Alabama th- fans thought he came from another country. 
Yeah. But it was Hawaii, which, uh, <laughs> yeah. but to be fair to Alabama, it's only been a state since 1959. Yeah. Oh, sure. did you all see the coaches broadcast when they were all ripping on Saban for it too? Mm-mm. Saying it was a terrible decision and they get done. I don't remember who it was. It, it may have been, uh, I'm a man, I'm 40 that finally said, well, that's why he's there and we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough. Also, he's coaching Alabama, not Oklahoma State. <clears throat> well, and, you know, Saban has the uh, advantage of seeing this kid practice and mm-hmm. no doubt he's got 12 stars behind his name when he was recruited. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's not as if he's going to some, I don't know, some schlub that's a one-star recruit. They don't have one-star recruits yeah. at Alabama. No, he was the number one. Zaire Taylor in or anything. No, like that. <laughs> he was the number one overall dual threat quarterback in the uh, state of Hawaii in recruiting. No, all of the nation. Oh, well, that's better than this nation, the United States of America, also his nation. Hawaii is part of that nation, by the way, especially Alabama fans. That means he can throw and pound pussy, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's correct. Well, I guess by that definition, he's a triple threat. Yes, sir. Because he can run, pass, and pound badge. Yeah. So, thank you, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be a Georgia route for a good long while, first half. It was interesting because Georgia's game against Oklahoma was the tale of two halves, where they looked like shit against the Sooners and then uh, turned it on in the second half and the exact opposite happened in this one where uh, they just looked dominant in all aspects of the game against Alabama and then they put that quarterback in and obviously they made some changes on defense yeah obviously they did get robbed to seven points on the punt block too I mean yeah the offsides call on that was horseshit if they get that they run the ball in for a touchdown so that's seven points the officiating was pretty terrible the officiating from the games i've been watching of late whether that be mizzou games or nfl games or this national championship games it's terrible i mean it's not a job i would ever want to have because i mean you are a man and you're fallible but god damn they seemed particularly bad of this last 30 days or so they were big 10 refs so they were looking for something for ohio state (laughs) yeah Yeah. danny cannell yeah Yeah, you know about 10 years ago they implemented the instant replay policy across Mm -hmm. Football, baseball, yeah. uh, college football, and NFL, and theoretically to improve officiating. And God, it looks markedly worse. Yeah, it doesn't seem to help. I think, if anything, it just highlights how bad the bad plays are. Because, yeah. well, the problem with replay is, is they they're like you can review this, you can't review that. Uh-huh. So it, it doesn't fix half the problems. Yeah. And then when you can reverse bad call half the bad calls, and you just have to live with the other half. Yeah, it just sort of highlight when you had to live with all bad calls. It was okay, I guess. But now that you only get part of it. Yeah. And like all penalty calls are not reviewable. And besides, obviously, the offsides call, the phantom offsides call, there was a blatant face mask that mm-hmm. uh, Alabama had that did not get called. And that would have been a big one, too. Yeah. And then, f- for my taste, the uh, what should have been unsportsmanlike conduct when one of the Alabama defenders shoved a Georgia guy's face into the turf. Yeah. And uh, obviously no call there. Right in front of the ref, mm-hmm. two feet away. And mm-hmm. the one replay that did affect the game was when Georgia scored their last touchdown. The kid almost stepped on the line. It was very yeah, questionable. Yeah. You know, I personally don't think there was enough to overturn it, although he very well could have been on the line. It's hard mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so the, even the one where we had replay, I, I'm not confident that was the right call. It was garbage, but the, the play on the field was amazing. Those guys were so big and so fast. And just like with the quarterback situation, you get the feeling that Alabama could sub out any one of their starters and put in a five-star fucking stud that Mizzou would do backflips to start next year. I was thinking the difference watching that game like between those two teams and Mizzou. It's not the, the front guys. you know. Mizzou has a good defensive line. It's the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Both those teams have linebackers that track people down and, and get close, to the quarterback so and get to the running back. And Mizzou does and not And their assignment's sound. They're in the gaps. They're, they're, they're in the gaps. They're 
supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference I see there. They have guys that well, chase the ball down and are where they're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And you, you listen to these talking head analysts at the NFL and college level, they'll tell you that linebacker is one of those positions where it's hard to have a lot of good ones. You know, most of the guys are just middling, partially because the best athletes don't play middle linebacker typically. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a phenomenal athlete, they're going to make you a D end. And if you're not big enough to be a DN, then maybe you're going to be a linebacker. If you're really athletic, you're going to be a, be a safety or a skill position. You know, it's just kind of a, a no man's land. Because if you've got the measurables and you've got a lot of talent, they want to put you in a position that is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to be inside this box where you, you're a certain size. You're maybe you're, you're just too damn big to play safety and you're just too damn small to play DN. So. Guess what? You're a linebacker. You hear that, folks? If you have a kid and you really want him to get brain damage and uh, you want him to play in the NFL, make him a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, we need him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Missouri could take You know, I, I thought Georgia's going to win this thing with a fucking field goal at the end. Yeah. They hit that field goal. Alabama enough, certainly not. And the Alabama... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but poor kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sorry to step on you. But, to, you know, and then the, the first thing that Georgia does is get like a... 17 yard sack or something and just knock Alabama and you know it's like if they're going to tie the game they're going to have to do it from a long fucking field goal yeah Yeah. and then they throw a touchdown yeah what boggles my mind on that play is that the receiver for Alabama absolutely ran by Georgia's cornerback like he was standing still and when he gets to the end zone he throws his hands up like he was expecting safety help over the top but even if he was theoretically if I'm going to believe that he thought a safety was going to be there to save his ass that doesn't explain why that guy was eight steps ahead of him. I mean, just they were both sprinting. The guy just ran away flat ran was away from man him. coverage too. He yeah. stayed on him. It wasn't so well and I think Caleb said this a show or two ago, college football cornerbacks are trash. Yeah. Yes, they are. Even at the highest level. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't stick okay, it's second twenty eight, why you don't stick six guys back there yeah. twenty yards yeah. back and let them throw it in front of you. Yeah, you, that's the last thing you want to do is well it was the very last so thing. So they throw a ten yard pass, then it's third and eighteen. So you well, do and the same thing again. Backing up from even that, uh, b- before the end of regulation, what boggled my mind, and I don't think got a lot of play because of how much spotlight the, the new freshman Alabama quarterback had on him, was the bad play calling on offense by Georgia. They have the two all-world fucking running backs, the Sony Michelle and Chubb, and in that final drive where it was tied and they had about three minutes left on the clock, they could have kicked a game-winning field goal in that possession. But they didn't even have Michelle or Chubb on the fucking field. They had some freshman running back, and they threw it. They started the game that way too. They threw. They fell a little bit in love with that Fromm kid. Michelle when, was getting yards too when he ran. That's Chubb right. Was not, but Michelle. Was I would. T- yards. I'll say this. I have believed this since last year. Is that if if you're making me pick a back, I'll take Michelle over Chubb. Like I know that Chubb is like the alpha in that mix, but I I like the other guy better. Mm-hmm. Well, use either of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for exactly. fuck's sake, you got the, you got dealer's choice. Why are you not using Those are the two guys that got you into that game in the first place. It's almost like you have the leading rusher in the NFL and you don't use him at all. Well, mm, I don't yeah, know why yeah. you do that. Who would do that? Yeah, it's yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> Sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was it was an exciting game. And one thing I wanted to note was that uh, there was a lot of grousing about it being an all-SEC national championship. And people thought maybe people won't want to watch this game because it's, it's kind of a regional game. It's mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, they abut each other. And people in you know Utah going to care about this game. It had one of the highest rated national championships ever. Well, Mormons think, care. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. you just got to really you know got you got Alabama, the preeminent program in the country, and you got Georgia, who is sort of a storied program. I yeah, they're both in the Southeastern Conference, but they're both from college program standpoint 
colleges you've heard of, mm-hmm. you know, colleges that are on the radar every year. And so, well, I think it's evidence that the SEC is a national brand at this point. Well, and I think anybody who's not a complete fucktard Danny is Cannell. done arguing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just done arguing it. You're talking about Danny Cannell. Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's just at this point, they're just building these straw men half the time to try and make a point. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I do, you really are having to reach and grab to deny that the SEC. Alabama had 17 five-star athletes on the field, and Georgia had 12, I believe. God, yeah. yeah. I mean, name, name some other schools that have 29 between the two of them. Yeah. It's yeah. not out there. Maybe not out Ohio there. State. Yeah, it's you'd have to throw Ohio State and USC or somebody like that. It still wouldn't be close. My question is, does Alabama have to share the trophy with UCF? <laughs> God, the crazy thing about that is how many teams have gone undefeated? Well, mm-hmm. I tweeted right. it actually uh, about a week ago when someone was doing it. I went back through since 2000 and tweeted out that Boise State would have won two national champions. Yep. Utah would have won two of them. Bowling Green would have mm-hmm. won a national championship mm-hmm. at some point. I think Marshall. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's plenty of them that go back. So why the- why is the University of Central Florida deserving of, in their minds, of a national championship when all these other programs didn't? It just, it, to me, it just smacks of bullshit. Poor sportsmanship. Oh, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the reasons I'm kind of glad Missouri has never claimed the 1960s national championship because it almost it seems petty and small. Mm. You, well, know, you know, Alabama claims <clears throat> one in the 40s that's the same Lots way. of teams claim them that are, I mean, the year that Mizzou legitimately, in my mind, probably should have been the national championship, 1960. I think Old Miss, doesn't Old Miss claim a national Old championship? Miss as well as the Washington Huskies, they claim it, and yeah. so does the Minnesota. <clears throat> Minnesota. Minnesota was granted. Well, I guess given those years. circumstances, why not if you're University of Central Florida? Who's yeah. going to argue with it 10 years from now? Well, and that's the people, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, this is fun, you just let them have it. You know, to me, that's patronizing. Yeah. Uh, but... And, and honestly, if UCF wants to play with the big boys, join the fucking Big 12. Obviously, regions and geography doesn't matter mm-hmm. anymore where you're putting these teams. Why would they want to go to that terrible conference? Yeah, I mean, they're probably better off where they're at. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, Rutgers is in the fucking Big 10. Missouri's in the SEC. Fucking just put UCF in the Big 12. They're dying to have another team. Yeah. Well, you figure people will be knocking on their doors. Well, you say that, but, the they, but they were going to expand, and they decided not to. Well, because that's everything because they do is... A horrible decision. Their favorite thing is to shoot themselves in the fucking foot. Yeah, it's it's the Big 12's mantra. It yeah. just means more in the SEC. UCF could have scheduled schools, too. Mm, Alabama yeah, played yeah. Florida State. You know, SEC's motto is just means more. The Big 12's is we shoot ourselves in the foot. That's correct. Yeah. Well, guys, we, we've talked a lot about the national championship. Sorry, Paul, we haven't talked to you very much today, so... Uh, Okay, he's been a little overheated. Yeah, that's. I mean, true. in the I mean, garage last night was just. Had to oil him so he could keep dancing through the. Did night you after. have trouble with him? I mean, my God, after that, after that last play. Well, I didn't watch it with him. You know, um, you know, he's obviously he's alcohol. obviously you know plugged into the internet Wi-Fi, so I'm sure uh-huh. he was keeping track. I know he knew when they won. I mean, the, the he woke the kids up. The dog started barking. Everybody he's in the garage happy. going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, he, he tweeted me and asked me for some Jaeger in the first half. Yeah, are you supposed to sip that stuff? Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> teach I, their own, Paul. I told him to fuck off. I yeah. wouldn't bring him anything. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a good game, and it were two. I mean, you can't question that those teams deserve to be there. They it was they were slugging it out, and it yeah. was fun. It was a great watch. game. It was They're a great fantastic. game. Yes, they are, Paul. <laughs> they are fantastic, guys. I tell you what, we've got a lot to talk about that does relate to Mizzou, both football and basketball, particularly some news that came out tonight that we were on top of a, a sure. long time ago. Which As is, of December 12th. That's right. Uh, Drew Locke has announced that he will return for his senior season so he can get his chunk of rock from the Big Rock M and uh, hopefully take us to national championship next year, obviously. Sure, sure. So we'll discuss that. We're going to discuss our new offensive coordinator and a lot of other things uh, basketball-related. After the break, this is the Mazadcast. 
Stop! Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Pull up your pants. We're back. And we are back. And, you know, it was kind of a rough month for Mizzou ever since the bragging rights game that we lost. Mm -hmm. uh, We proceeded to lose the bowl game. Mm -hmm. We had one good win in South Carolina. Yep. And then uh, we've had some rough times in basketball. Mm -hmm. But before we get all of that, something very good just happened. Yep. Drew Locke has announced today that he will return for his senior season, as we predicted a month ago. Mm -hmm. We were not really predicted. We had a a source who was a good one and told us that he is coming back, that his decision was made. He's just waiting for the right time. He got his NFL grade, and they told him he should return to school. Officially, he said, you know, there are other factors to take into consideration. But it was a foregone conclusion as far as we were concerned, and today it's official. And so Terry Beckner Jr.'s back. Drew Locke is back. Good news. <laughs> I mean, I really, you know, even before our source had told us we, he was going to come back, if I, you had to put odds on it, I would say, sure, he's going to come back. He's not ready for that. Yeah. And um, I think ultimately he knew that from the very beginning, as did his family, as did his coaches. I mean, you have to go get that grade from the NFL, but I didn't expect it to be a high one. And it, it certainly gives you optimism for next season. Absolutely. And I mean, we are going to have a much tougher schedule next year. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people are talking about how both participants in the national championship game are on Mizzou's schedule sure next are. year. Sure. We have to go to Alabama in Tuscaloosa to play them. So that's a, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then one thing I look at with Drew Locke is that even though he's going to be a senior this year, I look at Tua Tungo Viloa and how he was making reads and was patient and was looking at two, three different possible receivers before making Mm -hmm. a decision. And we still don't really see that out of Drew Locke. Well, and sometimes what you'll never really know is how much of that is built into the offense and the one read. I mean, there's never more than, there's typically more than one read in in a play, but usually there's a primary, there's always a primary receiver. And I think our offense, at least, unless Drew Locke is just terrible at making reads, I think our offense is pretty well predicated on finding a matchup and going to your your number one right you know i think when when drew lock's throwing that bomb to emmanuel hall that it was the play right that wasn't like he he looked at the underneath stuff or there was a guy on the other side he was like this you know when he's in the huddles going hey guys i'm gonna throw it the fuck down the field as far as i can yeah, run as fast as you can <laughs> i'm going to throw it a long way yeah that's the play. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say that he improved dramatically over last year in a variety of ways. Obviously, his numbers were a lot better, but he only looked at half the field last year, and he spread the ball around to different parts of the field mm-hmm. than a lot more. Because my feeling is, is it wasn't Drew Locke wasn't ignoring tight ends in the first half of the season. They just weren't part of the play call. Right. They weren't part of the play design. And uh, I think they started incorporating that, and that's why suddenly Drew Locke was, like you said, using more receivers. I mean, he's... I also think he had a lot more confidence when I got Albert O who could Mm -hmm. catch about anything. And when you know you've got a guy like that, it's a lot more, it gives you a lot more confidence thrown in the middle of the field, which is the most dangerous part of the field to put the ball. Yeah. And I'm glad we could uh, let everybody know a month ago. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I, we like patting ourselves on the back on Twitter. Yes, we do. 
because, you know, it's... We're needy people. Well, we're needy. and yeah. uh, But not only that, it's like, yeah, we did have that, uh-huh. you know. And uh, we don't have to be journalists to get information and give that to you. It's not a requirement. No, if anybody knows anything, please let us know. Yeah, and we will tell you. Uh You know, the fact that we have somebody that is a decent source in the athletic department, we don't have to be journalists to have that. You just can have relationships with people. I mean, I love journalists. They're great and all. But, uh, you know, it's not my fault or your fault or Caleb's fault that they chose a degree that anyone can do without the degree. (laughs) You know, I it's... It's not that we can do it better. It's just like anyone can talk to a source that knows something and mm-hmm. relay that information. Anyone can tweet anything. Anyone can write a blog. Mm-hmm. You don't need a journalism degree to do that. You know, sorry. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. I mean, if you get a degree. I, I mean, mean, ESPN did hire a guy once that went to high school with LeBron just to get the scoop on LeBron. Yeah, I mean. You, know, you just have to know a guy. That's all it takes sometimes. So, I mean, look at Clay Travis. His degree is in law. But he seems to do okay at this whole journalism game. And I'm not call- – we are not journalists. I want to say that again. I, We're I necessarily Clay Travis fans. <laughs> yeah. I got Hugh Freeze to talk to him last week, yeah. which we could have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. – you know, so – Bill Simmons built an empire, because and he's not a Part of the reason I bring this up is because when we, when we get this information and we pass it along, we take as much grief as we do, yeah, you know, pats on the back, like, oh, you're the death of journalism. Like, we're not journalists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, I guess we could not tell you. And is that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is that, that make us better somehow? Do you think Jay Glazer went to school to be a journalist? <laughs> nah. well, will, they get yeah, us, nah. will they give us credit if we just go on the t- to Twitter and be like, we know the Drew, whether or not Drew Locker is coming or not coming back? We're not going to tell you yeah. because we're not journalists. <laughs> right. We're so, not allowed to. So all the people patting us on the back for knowing wouldn't pat us on the back. But all the people that break our balls would pat us on the back. I like, don't think so. I appreciate that, <laughs> that you wouldn't, that you'll not spread that information because you haven't been ordained and to do so. W- to be honest, a lot of what journalism is, is just reading press releases that the yeah. football team puts out. I mean, yeah, half of the stuff you read in the newspaper is just handed to them by the athletic department. Yeah. And, well, that was and that's of, not that great. A, I mean, you can get that anywhere now. You don't need a newspaper to do it anymore. Well, one of the things that got us sideways with the Super Friends as much as anything was when this whole mock thing was going on. Mm-hmm. And they seemed super happy just to quote Gary Pinkle and regurgitate press releases. And yeah. we're going, is anybody going to ask any questions? Is anybody going to do any quote-unquote journalism? And to David Morrison's credit, he did. Yeah, He, he did. was sunshine law stuff. He was trying to get some answers. And he didn't really get a, a, very far with that. But at least he was trying rather than you know just telling the fans, like, what do you want us to do? Keep asking the same questions? Like, well, ask it a different way. Yeah. You know, I mean, kind of, yes. <laughs> you know <what laughs> yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's kind of what we want you to do. It's kind of like when people pull guns in a locker room and no one reports on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. that, that is another huge gripe is that, you know, there's, there are stories, and we all hear them, that, and you know, everyone in the press corps knows that story, but everybody gets together and uniformly decides that we were not going to report this. Would they do that in Philadelphia? You know what I mean? Like, uh, is it just Podunk Como where that happens? I think it is partially Podunk Como. I mean, it's not the only place that happens, but when you're a beat reporter and there's only one game in town, and Mizzou is the only game in town in Columbia, if you get crossways with the department and they don't feed you anything anymore, you're out of luck. I guess, but like, especially like the Gary Pinkle area, what are you going to lose? Gary Pinkle stonewalling you? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I I made Gary Pinkle mad. He's going to stonewall me now, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to stonewalling me that he's been doing, you know. You know, I guess we're out on a bit of a tangent, but Drew Locke is coming back. Yeah. And we, and we, we had heard that. Yay. And, <laughs> yay. and uh, I, I do want to tell Tiger fans maybe to back up their, their enthusiasm a little bit from the standpoint of much tougher schedule next year. Mm-hmm. We still have not seen a consistent game 
from this Tiger team, a consistent output from game to game. The defense is good. It's bad. The offense is good. It's bad. Who knows what's going on? Certainly my reservations about you know, the coaching staff have not been all alleviated by our six-game winning streak against Rumdums. Mm. Well, speaking of coaching staff, that is another piece of news since we were last airing, is that we did hire an offensive coordinator, and nobody is that excited about it. <laughs> nobody knew about it either. Yeah. I mean, the, We had burned down the city because of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were all convinced it was going to be that Jed Fish guy because – um, one of the assistant ADs at UCLA had basically said as much. <laughs> Apparently, it could have been Jed Fish, except they didn't offer him enough money. Mm. Well, that's that's the you know the some of the news has been out that the part of the reason they hired Dooley, who is kind of an off the radar choice, is because he was the one that would agree to a sort of unique contract. And the details of what made this contract unique are have not been reported. Like, is it poor salary? Is it some sort of structure? Or, but anyway, it basically, and said that the people you know better were offered the job, but turn it down because of the contract. Something about the contract Mizzou was offering was not desirable. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where that's money or something else. Well, I thought Dooley's going to make like 200 grand a year more than Heupel did. Well, I think at least the way it reads, I don't think money was the issue. I, I, there's some sort of structural thing. I, I don't know. We, yeah. I mean, we're, and we're not going to know. But part of the reason that he wasn't the first choice, I guess, is the uh, point. Yeah. Well, his, his announcement was met with yeah, a smattering of wild, applause. wild applause. Yeah, yeah, especially what he'd done at Tennessee. I mean, that's really what hangs over the head. Yeah, is he was one of the worst coaches at Tennessee, and nobody could be happier that Butch Jones was at Tennessee than Derek Dooley mm-hmm. because it did sort of erase how crappy that Tennessee team was whenever he was at the helm. Yeah, uh, Butch Jones just drove them into the gutter. Yeah, so now we've got him. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Yeah, the, I think the big question is how much did his hiring have to do directly with retaining Drew Law. When you say that, I talked to a guy, a guy today, I don't know if you could consider him a source, it was a second-hand information, but he said that the the hiring of Dooley had nothing to do with the retention of Dulock. I don't believe that. I don't either. Ex- the, and the only reason I say I would give some, maybe some credence to that is that he wasn't their first choice. I mean, like, maybe the first three guys they talked to was all about Drew Locke, but at some point, just like, we got to get somebody hired. I don't know. But uh, he supposedly runs a pro-style offense, though he's never really He's run an offense. an offensive coordinator so nobody everybody's hate. guessing about that he worked for nick saban it's all that really matters yeah. <laughs> well so did kirby smart and we that see means, how that turned out yeah that means we're allowed to lose I'd to take, him in the national i take kirby smart season mm. yeah you better believe it <laughs> absolutely i don't know it, it is a it's a strange hire but you gotta think that it got the drew, blessing of drew lock yeah absolutely i do not think they were going to hire a guy without consulting drew lock well and i think you know we we said drew lock's coming back that's what we had heard i think the only reason really that drew lock had put off announcing it was so he just wanted to make sure before he you know said it out loud that Mizzou was going to do all the things that he hoped they would do before he yeah he said he I am not official. coming back to Mizzou unless we get ourselves a failed SEC coach <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well I mean mission accomplished you know Barry's working hard to get us into the SEC fold by yeah. saying you know like fuck hiring somebody you've heard of uh, that might be really good or somebody maybe off the radar who's you know an innovator let's go hire a failed SEC coach because that's absolutely. what we do in the SEC absolutely. <laughs> retreads, retreads, retreads. We've talked about the SEC coaching key party. Uh-huh, absolutely. And, and Barry Odom just jangled them keys, baby. Uh-huh. It's a good thing Charlie Weiss never coached in the SEC. Oh, uh-huh. my God. And Barry Odom and Derek Dooley took hands and went into the upstairs bedroom. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> oh, it was a mess. Put on a little soft jazz. Mm-hmm. A little and blue-eyed soul. 
And uh, Barry Odom looked him in the eyes and said, I'm going to do you so gross. <laughs> anyway. And I bet he did. <laughs> well, that's how Barry do. Through a sheet. <laughs> but uh, where, honestly, where do, you, where do you land on it, Caleb, Brennan? I mean, as far, are you happy? I, are you sad? Are you indifferent? I, are you I've never for, seen I'm Colin consult anyone else for an opinion before. <laughs> yeah, I'm impartial. I, hell, I have no fucking idea if he's going to be good well, or not. That's a good point. I mean, nobody fucking knows. It's going to be one of those things that if we have a good season they're gonna be like what a great hire he, my dear. he coached at dallas for five years if he'd have yeah. been a fuck up jerry jones would have fired him yeah everybody knows jerry say. jones is a football expert yeah <laughs> i mean they would have canned him if he was terrible he put up with des bryant yeah i, I think i think uh mizzou fans were uh justified in their yeah. not liking it yeah. despite what press box super friends would tell you we're okay to have that opinion you know meanwhile back with the press box super friends we get it we're not going to know the outcome until it happens. Yeah. So, but we are allowed to form some sort of opinion about the hire before we get to the end result. I mean, obviously, the Tennessee result when he was head coach was not good. But I think you have to have some trepidation hiring a guy who's never been a fucking offensive coordinator before. Yeah. yeah. He'll uh, win between five and nine games. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And uh, I'm kind of tired of dealing with coaching staff that's never done the job before. I mean, yeah. we're Barry Odom is learning on the job. I mean, we went from four wins to seven wins. That is good. I am happy we've seen improvement. Yeah. But what we're dealing with is the coach who's learning on the job. We had a defensive coordinator who was terrible, mm-hmm. and now we're going to have an offensive coordinator who's never coordinated well, an offense before. You know who Nick Saban's offensive coordinator is? He Brian coached, Dable. Yeah. You know where he was the last 18 years? The NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was uh, spent a short time in Kansas City and Cleveland. My real trepidation with the hire is I would have liked to seen a more proven commodity given what's coming back. I mean, you're going to have two pretty good running backs and and Crockett and Roundtree. Um, you're going to have Emmanuel Hall back. You're going to have Drew Locke back. The, and the offensive line, for the most part, is going to be intact. The offense looks re- ready to go. It would have made me feel a little better, somebody with more of a track record, taking on this offense. Uh-huh. You know, because truthfully, Drew Locke, if he does what he did this year without the, the boners of the first half of the season— is going to be a potential Heisman candidate, and uh, you well, know, team I has think to perform for anything. exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Without the boners, and a big part of those f- first five games that were garbage was Drew Locke was playing like garbage. If he plays like garbage for five games and then plays all world the rest of the season, he's not going to win the Heisman. But I'm saying if we can consistently play winning football throughout the season, Drew Locke performs. You could look at him as a potential Heisman if, candidate if he were to beat Alabama. Well, certainly that would help. But what I'm saying is, is are we going to suffer through a new offensive coordinator and that opportunity is lost to him? And, uh, you know, a potential SEC East championship loss to us because, again, we're breaking in a new coach, just like we broke in a new defensive coordinator and a new head coach. It's like, can't anybody have a fucking resume yeah. to get hired here? Well, and I think part of it, too, is we have been a little bit spoiled during the Gary Pinkle era where he brought in a team of coaches that had coached with him for many years at other places yep. and had an, a very strange situation where people did not leave. Yeah. People just kept stayed at Mizzou and we didn't have this turnover that we're dealing with now, which is more common than not. Yeah. You know, I mean, most places do have turnover. Well, what, what happens, especially at a school like Mizzou is you get to uh, uh, have a good offensive season and your offensive coordinator gets hired, but gets his own job, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's what happened with Heupel. And the one thing I'll say about Dooley, I say he'd have to have a pretty good season and then some before somebody would want him again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and Demonte Cross obviously left to take the new job as the mop boy at the strip club. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's qualified to do mm-hmm. that. I think. Yeah. 
It's it's a wait and see thing. It is not something that's got anyone excited, no, other than the Julie family. Yeah. But uh, speaking of not being excited, we've got some basketball news to talk about. It's not necessarily good, and uh, to get ourselves into a downer mood, Colin, something that we've preached about a long time is our survey for our website, where yeah. people could come and say, "Hey, Mazodcast, here's what I like about your show. Here's what I don't like about your show. Here's Listener a little bit survey. About that's right. And so you can go onto the Mazodcast website at any time, and people have done it. Hundreds of people have done yeah, it. We and, appreciate it. Yep, and said you know, and fill that. It's a really long survey. It's all demographic information, but at the end of the survey, there's the likes and dislikes. And uh, I was taking a look at it today because yeah, there are so sure. many. The likes are not that interesting to me, Colin. I was particularly interested in some of the dislikes. Yeah, we'll go through some stuff here. So we've been compiling this information for a while. It's part of our uh, pod track system. And it's how we just get better. Yeah, <laughs> and we enjoy it. We enjoy it. So we're going to read a few of these to you. We've been collecting them for a while, and we thought, well... These are some of the things you've told us that yeah. you do not care for about the Well, some guess. of them, not all of them are bad, hmm. but I mean, I didn't, I, I marked most of them that are bad, and there are more, but I wasn't going to go through all these, Jesus Christ, there's like a gazillion, but... Um, there's a lot of people that dislike this show. <laughs> oh, let's see, let's, I, my first one here is, too much vulgarity and too many Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know about that. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, but yeah, so... Vulgarity. Now, this is the one that I wanted to read next after reading that one that I noticed. Honestly, I wish it was a bit raunchier. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it would be rated PG-13, which I think is a weird area to be at. I mean, I feel like y'all are trying to be edgy, but are afraid to really go all out. Clearly, I don't mean act like bigots, but I mean fuck it. (laughs) If you're going to make dick jokes and and rip on people, then you should go all out. Big fan of the podcast, though, and love listening to y'all. Yeah. Just give them my two cents. Yeah, if we go any farther, our parishioners on Sunday at church will no longer listen to it. Well, I, I just love pastors. that. You know, yeah, all three of us. First yeah. one, too much vulgarity. The second one, not enough. Not, not, not nearly raunchy enough. That's yeah, right. You know, so if we can, we can get a little raunchier. I, I've got a good one here. This person says sometimes the hosts are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote. I marked that one because I felt like that was um, spot on. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say not sometimes, most <laughs> yeah. of the time. All right. So uh, another one here. We've got several of these particular not long enough the podcast is not long enough guys mm-hmm. it's an hour long i feel like that's pretty long compared to the podcast that i listen to yeah well, i feel like we're doing a good job well, we've got a couple hour. of them here that say the length of the episodes is sometimes too long <laughs> well uh-huh. it's almost like there's some people like them long some people don't like them long some people like them raunchy some people don't like uh-huh. them raunchy it's somewhat it's almost like contradictory information it makes it really helpful yeah well, i got one here that says there needs to be a better host <laughs> <laughs> With that. I assume because you're the person who kind of emcees the show, but that's a direct uh, shot at you. Uh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I agree with that. Comment. This guy says, I wish it was more often. So that's that's a positive one. Yeah. And another guy says, you're not going to find anybody need to be too- often enough. It, or does it's too many podcasts is basically the uh, what he says. Too many podcasts. So one guy says, I wish it was more often. The other guy says, too many podcasts. Yeah. I think there's too many. <laughs> well, I may be referring what to the fact that he shows. Too much Kansas news. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, like, if there's one thing that people talk to me about or tweet me about or email me about, it is Kansas news. Like, mm-hmm. Kansas news, it seems, like, I, maybe not everybody loves Kansas news, but it seems to be the one thing that everybody wants to talk to me about in regards to this podcast. I like this one. It says, I wish the show had even more football talk. <laughs> it's literally all we talk about. <laughs> and there's a couple of them there that said, I wish you would talk about something besides football, <laughs> like wrestling or 
volleyball, and they mm-hmm. go on through every fucking sport Mizzou has yeah. except for football. Yeah, when it says clearly a Mizzou football podcast. Here's one that, <laughs> here's one we did take to heart earlier. This one says one thing they don't like, Brian Goers. Yeah, well, I've got several. My page I'm looking at here, I've got at least <laughs> three. Uh, Brian Goers, he is the worst. Yeah, negative Brian Goers comments. And I want to believe that that is just because McBrien made such a wonderful punching bag for us mm-hmm. for so long. We, we, uh, we hated that Brian had to retire. Caleb is bigger than both me and Brennan, and therefore we would in no way t- talk to him the way we did Brian. Right. Um, so we're, we're going to lose that element to the show. Uh-huh. But Brian made a wonderful punching bag. Yeah. Um, is, uh, he will be missed. Yeah. There's a guy, there's a guy here, Colin, that uh, doesn't like your inability to pronounce names. See, I feel like it's charming. And then he goes on to tell you <laughs> how to, to say people's names. He's helping you out here. Oh, well, I okay. I'll, I'll look into that, it's or D, I won't. It, apparently, it's Demon T Cross, not well, Demon. Well, Barry Odom took care of that problem for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't no, have like, to worry about that. Yeah, that, no, not a problem anymore. Yeah. Uh, another one. Language was a little over the top sometimes. Maybe a couple fewer f bombs. I'm not. I'm not trying to use f bombs. I'm not trying to limit my f bombs. I feel like I'm just naturally saying fuck uh-huh. as often as I need to say yeah, fuck. That, we got a couple of those. Well, when you're four and eight, I believe as many f bombs are necessary. Put them in there. <laughs> Exactly. I like this one. The hosts need to prepare and rehearse more prior to recording. Their banter often seems ad-libbed and spontaneous. Oh, like we don't prepare for the show or something? It's almost like we do no preparation for the show. <laughs> it's almost like you set up the stuff and me and Caleb show up and we just turn on the mics. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that at all. No. It's not that at all. No, we spend hours preparing. Yeah, it's absolutely a lot of preparation. It's an all-day affair. I've got one for you that I found interesting. Politics. It just mm-hmm. says politics. I guess mm-hmm. we talk a little too much politics on this mm-hmm. podcast. I don't, I don't remember ever really talking politics. <laughs> I don't remember digging in, uh-huh. digging into politics that much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're awful hard on Kansas. Yeah. And when and, yeah, That's right. And sometimes that takes us down a political road, but I, I've never... We're, we're hard on Kansas politicians, but they're I, not fucking real people. <laughs> no, they're Kansas people. Well, I feel like, you know... Most poli- of kids. Politics are crazy. <laughs> I mean, we're going to go... Apparently, we're going to go from a reality star being our president to a talk show host being our president. Mm-hmm. So, I yes, mean, sir. what's there to talk about, honestly, at the end of the day? You get a car. And you, <laughs> you get a car. car. <laughs> you get a car. I can't fucking so, wait. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, what I've just said is probably... Quote, Wildly quote. offensive. Well, it was politics. Yes, it Fuck was. You so, snowflake. Uh, basically, I'm ignoring. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm ignoring their. <laughs> basically, I'm ignoring their advice. I'm talking me some politics. Yeah. Here's one that says the snarky comments over Mizzou sports. I don't like it. If they had any balls, which I'm convinced they don't, they'd take in Mizzou softball or Mizzou volleyball. Or if they think those are sissy sports, which they are not, then try Mizzou wrestling. Number one in the nation the end of last year until the tournament. A better record than football for crying out loud. Oh, did I mention the excessive? Sp- sophomore profanity surely you guys are smarter than that no we're not this is we this is a sophomore show if you have listened to the show and you haven't figured that out oh that's bullshit because this guy says we have 12 year old kid jokes oh yeah yeah so that's not even sophomore level no oh, and, that's true and does that mean the jokes that 12 year olds would say or is it jokes about 12 year olds please let us know <laughs> both, on that one. both mm-hmm. if memory yeah. serves mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> Listen, if you want to hear a softball podcast or a volleyball podcast or wrestling podcast, I invite you to fucking make a podcast. Why is it my obligation or anyone else's to do a podcast to you? Yeah, go out and find yourself a Brendan, have him set it up. <laughs> exactly. Do one. Go find yourself a Brendan to buy a bunch of equipment and set it up and uh, do all the work. Yeah. And then me and Caleb will show up and help you with your podcast. And drink free beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shafley's will give you a sponsorship. Schlafly's. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to piss off the guy who says I don't pronounce things right. And uh, they'll give you a sponsorship, and you can drink free beer and talk and uh, watch Brennan do a lot of work. 
Are yeah. we uh, sh- just shitting on our listeners right now? Contempt for the audience is the key to any good show, Brendan. Well, it's I'm like convinced. the guy on Twitter that always calls us kids. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. yeah. He's like, just a bunch of kids waiting like, oh, boy, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, to be fair, there were a lot of likes, but it's just not as fun. No, no. It's no, nobody, better. It's why comedians don't joke about how great their wives are. It's all <laughs> jokes about how they suck. No yeah. comedians that's what's, ever that's had what's a funny. hot wife. You know? no. Enjoy the humor and don't mind some profanity. But the occasional sexual content references make it a podcast I have to listen to out of the presence of others, especially family members. Is this uh, referring to anything like Barry Odom and Derek Doolin going upstairs <laughs> and doing him up, doing him gross? Yeah. Well, I feel like that's what we're shooting for. I mean, I wish you could listen to this, taking your kids to school in the morning, but you're just not going to be. We're not going to stifle ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're we're just turning on the mics and we're saying what we want to say. Yeah. Somebody wrote that that what they don't like is lack of boobs. <laughs> I think I just need to explain to them how a podcast works. Well, yes, if, if this was a video cast, he would be yeah. pumped. Yeah, I've right. got mine out right now, rubbing them. Yeah. That's why we hired you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bring a stick of butter with me every week and a lighter. I like this one. Uh, demonstrate Sometimes demonstrate lack of preparation knowledge mm, of yeah. chosen topic. Uh, that's all topics. We have no True. knowledge. Mm. Um, occasionally racist and sexist comments are disappointing. Yeah, I, okay. I feel like racist? I probably have the best Brian one here. I don't know. Well, hold on. Oh, you can be just as funny without taking shots at minorities. Example: the blurp about Indian, <laughs> the blurp about how Indian apartments smell, or joking about sexual assault <laughs> happens fairly regularly in Kansas news segments. So. Uh, I, apparently it's some I, I don't know. It smells like Indian food or something. I don't know. Apparently well, that's super racist. And then uh, you know we joke about uh, sexual apartment. assault at uh, Kansas. Uh, I don't know Kansas. that we're joking about it. Just pointing out that it is <laughs> happening with quite regular. <laughs> yeah, sexual assault happens in Kansas, folks. A lot. And curry has a distinct smell. <laughs> it's just facts. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's true. I got the goers one. When Brian gets explosive di- or explosive hemorrhoids and misses 10 straight episodes, the guy really misses Brian. Yeah. Yeah. That annoys him that Brian misses episodes. Brian did miss a lot of episodes, which oh, yeah. is why Caleb is here. Well, he had, he had a lot of diseases. Yeah, that's he right. Did. Explosive he did. hemorrhoids. There's a boy in the bubble when he was little. More frequent episodes, please. That's yeah. what I got one here. Yeah. Like, so too many, not enough. It's hard to say. It's yeah. hard to say. Sometimes explicit language and humor can be offensive. <laughs> oh boy, really? Well, we better shut this down right now. I feel like I, I, yeah. I just want to put out like a disclaimer on the Twitter account and the website. Like, if you don't like Saturday Night Live, South Park, any of these things, like, don't listen to the podcast. It's not for you. Hard. That, that one was signed Tipper Gore on that one. <laughs> yeah, really? Wow. Hardcore, yeah. barely legal Greek gay porn. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like that, don't listen. Yeah. So if you and if, particularly if you like Kansas, don't listen. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We that may have been a. Um, I feel like it was cathartic for us. Well, I, I think it like maybe a little bit enjoyment for us. Yeah, absolutely. But we've got so many of them, and we now we having more of them. They are yeah, entertaining. Well, yes, well having looked at them, we should have we should have went through all of them. Um, there's probably some gold in there that we've left unmined. Absolutely, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Take our survey, but, bitch to us, and <laughs> we will bitch about you. Yeah, if you guys think if you guys think you're bad mouthing us, you should meet our friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh, if you think we have zero preparation. This might be proof that we didn't go through all of them, and uh, we well, basically I marked several of them before the show started, mm-hmm. roughly sixty seconds before yeah. the show started. So uh, I was doing cocaine; I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. If you don't As think usual. that's preparation, I don't no. know what is. No, I feel like uh, Caleb doing rails off of my, the bathroom sink is preparation and Stick of its it own sort. Fucking ass. Yeah. Well, don't do that with the cocaine. Yeah. No. No. It's not how you do it. No strippers' asses. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Why don't we take our final break for the day? We're going to talk about the basketball. Good. <laughs> <laughs> stuff and then we're going to uh, obviously come back with Kansas news this is the Mazzotcast 
What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. But I fell off the wagon How did my high horse run Well, she put me to the test That little girl with a red dress They stink worse than Josh Augusta's jockstrap. The Mazad cast. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, Kansas representative says blacks abuse drugs because of quote-unquote character makeup. A white Kansas state lawmaker arguing against the legalization of marijuana suggested that it and other drugs were originally outlawed in part because blacks were predisposed to abusing drugs because of their character makeups, their genetics in that. <laughs> Sounds like a scientist. <laughs> state representative Steve Alford, a 75-year-old from Ulysses, oh, I, Kansas. Brendan, is he a 75-year-old white man? <laughs> he is white. He, Ulysses is in the state's southwestern corner, apologized Monday for remarks he made Saturday during a public meeting at a hospital in Garden City. One NAACP leader called Alford an idiot. <laughs> well, I, oh, I don't know about that. Bre- and, breaking news, Alford just retired. Breaking. <laughs> At a meeting, Alfred referenced a time in the 1930s when marijuana was prohibited. And I, I'm going to read you in the voice that I presume is the 75-year-old Kansas. Reefer sermon. madness. <laughs> what was the reason they did that? He asked a crowd of 60 people, none of whom were black. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> One of the reasons why, I hate to say it, is Africans and Americans. I don't feel like I hated to say it. <laughs> African Americans, they were basically users and they responded to the worst off to the drugs. It's because of their character makeup, their genetics and that. And so basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to do a complete reverse of people not remembering what happened in the past. Kansas is one of the few remaining states that have not legalized some form of medical marijuana, including the low THC marijuana derivatives that cannot get a user high. But the legalization question has been percolating in Kansas in recent years. In a written apology he released Monday, Alfred said he views substance abuse as blight and that he thinks legalizing marijuana would open the door to harder drugs. <laughs> I just, this is just so Kansas. He's, <laughs> he's referencing reports from the 1940s. That's you know what correct. else happened? I think it was then? 30s. 30s? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Those are always good ones to reference. Heady days. Yeah. Before he issued his apology, Daryl Pope, the president of the NAACP's chapter in Hutchinson, Kansas, said, he's an idiot. <laughs> and that shows how oblivious Kansans are to selecting representatives, put someone like that in there to represent them. Can't well, argue I, with that yeah, logic. Yeah, it's hard to... Alford issued his apology after meeting with the Republican-controlled House top GOP leaders, Speaker Ron 
Don Rickman Jr. and Majority Leader Don Hyman, they said they were completely taken aback and disappointed by his remarks. Ask about it. We were super disappointed. He said them out loud. Yeah, when he met with the KKK, <laughs> they were super proud. Yeah. yeah. Ask about his remarks. Before his apology, Alfred said, I'm not going to make any more remarks about that. To me, that's neutral. Basically, I got called a racist, which I'm really not. And it's just the way people, they interpret the interpretation of people. To me, I'm trying to look at what's really best for Kansas. Did his wife release a statement and say they've got a lawyer that's black? <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, our lawyers is a black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, genetics and such. Kansas environmental officials tackle toxic dry cleaning waste. I feel like this is a theme. It pops up several times. Kansas and toxic waste. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's in their streams. Dry cleaning can leave a really big mess behind. One of the largest plumes of toxic dry cleaning waste ever discovered in Kansas is just south of Wichita. A state environmental official is working to make sure people in the plume's path have clean drinking water. Robert Hefner's small house in Hayesville, Kansas, will soon be hooked up to city water. I'm excited because it's going to be cleaner, better water, he says. But on the flip side of it, now I've got to pay a water bill. A couple hundred homes in Hefner's neighborhood are now being connected to the city water line. All the private wells are contaminated with chemicals from a defunct dry cleaning facility nearby. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were cleaning all those prairie dog pelts. That's right. Yeah, yeah you got to keep them clean. Mm-hmm. You know, the well water around this area was already bad, so it's not the best water anyway, Hefner said. <laughs> but you know, I had some concerns because we've been bathing in that water. It's so full of sulfur. <laughs> we didn't drink it, but we've been bathing in that water for 10 years, off and on. Uh, well, it's this, good enough for your dry clean clothes. It's good enough for your skin. Then he whipped out three penises. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, they don't bathe that often, so yeah. they weren't exposed as much as regular people would be. The solvents used to dry clean clothes included known carcinogens. The EPA has determined prolonged exposure, especially to chlorinated solvents, can lead to serious health problems. These are the same solvents used in metal degreasing and processes like that, says Joe Dom, manager of the Kansas Department of Health and Environment. It's funny how this all panned out because they knew about it years ago, and we're just hearing about it now within the last six months, Morgan said, as he watched plumbers climb to the back of the deck to replace a contaminated well hookup. Thank God for deregulation, that's all I can say. (laughs) Most of the toxic plumes were already created decades ago, but environmental officials are only now stumbling upon them, and even when they discover a new site, limited resources in Kansas often keep state officials from investigating how far the contamination goes. You know how they could cure this? With uh, tax money for marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) Well, something tells me that's not going to happen. Well, with genetics and such. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, are they really worried about uh, black people smoking that much marijuana in Kansas? I mean, there's how many black people can there be in Kansas? There's not that many. No. (laughs) Say, you took away the uh, Kansas City part of Kansas, Uh like single digits probably. They don't live there because of state reps. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're talking about minorities in politics, just like our listeners suggested we should. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. Next story, eye-opening TV show sends seven undercover adults back to high school in Kansas. Oh, boy. This is a good one. The country is about to get an intimate look at what it's like to be in high school these days through the eyes of seven young adults who went back to school in Kansas undercover. During the spring semester of 2017, the 20-somethings who came from across the country went to school with students in Highland Park High School in Topeka. They enrolled as real students, went to class, took tests, went to sporting events, dances, graduation, all of it. And while living in Topeka during the filming. They couldn't believe all the orgies. <laughs> Kansas. Things sure have changed. Cameras followed them and the students they interacted with. What they saw, heard, and experienced became an 11-part documentary series, Undercover High, premiering 
Tuesday on A&E. Some of the issues the undercover students came to face included prolific use of social media, cyberbullying. It was an affirmation of information we already knew, said Tiffany Amberson, superintendent of the Topeka Public Schools. But other issues which appear unique to Kansas teens, viewers may find quite disturbing, like the number of students who are in sexual relationships with their pets. Oh, God damn. Executive producer Greg Henry said, we wanted to do it in a way that was unique, a little unorthodox, not traditional. Well, but, fucking but, your pets unorthodox, <laughs> I would say. But would also show the world in a way it's never been seen before. Hold on a second. Unique, unorthodox, non-traditional, and ways you've never seen before. I feel like these are all the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Henry wanted to make sure the show didn't exploit the students. Only those who agreed to appear on the series are shown. The seven embedded students moved into apartments and homes around Topeka. Some of them rode the bus to school. A couple of them lived close by and walked. One young woman got braces to look even younger. The production crew worked out of an office in downtown Topeka. Social media and how high schoolers used it quickly became an issue. One of the embedded students, a 22-year-old woman named Lena, began texting on her iPhone in the hallway one day and caused a commotion. It was really jarring for the Kansas kids, said Lena. Many of them had never seen a cell phone before. What? They kept yelling... For their teachers to take my devil box away before it gave their soul a virus. <laughs> it quickly became clear to the embeds that the Kansans' exposure to technology had been minimal. One actor reported, One student tried to befriend me and talk about my laptop, but it was clear he didn't know anything about it. He said, That's a really cool Wi-Fi you got there. How many internets can it do a minute? <laughs> <laughs> Participants, a few of whom graduated from high school just five years ago, were surprised by the fact that they weren't the only 20-somethings in the school. One actress named Carol said, Actually, I was one of the youngest people in the school, and I'm 26. <laughs> if I were a regular student here, I'd only be a sophomore. <laughs> so this should be a good series. It, I, actually, I'm in that series. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they asked me to do it. Lots of Jess for men. Yeah. Yeah. Bought an IROC Z Camaro. <laughs> nice. A lot of jean shorts. But don't yeah. be jealous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just look for me. I'm looking real good. Okay, and this last story. Caleb, you're kind of our uh, Kansas sports reporter, so I'm going to hand this off to you, Vareen. KU's Bill Self confident that we'll have some news soon on Preston and DeSosa. Kansas basketball coach Bill Self had no new news to report as Monday night on the status of freshman Fords Billy Preston and Sylvia DeSosa. Both are awaiting clearance from the NCAA. That clearance could come at any time. Self has said both would immediately be used in games if and when they are cleared. I am confident that we'll have some news soon, Self said just after 2 p.m. Monday. Preston, a 6'10 freshman from Los Angeles, has not played in a game all season as KU and the NCAA look into the financial picture regarding the vehicle he's been driving on the campus this year. D'Souza, a 6'9 recent IMG Academy graduate from Angola, is waiting for the NCAA to certify his amateur status. I think it could play out very favorably for Silvio. On Billy's situation, I think it's just a little bit more complicated than your normal things. Self said, obviously we cheated like we do every year. Our university doesn't care. The question is whether we can pay the NCAA enough not to care. We usually can. I'm confident we'll be okay, even this super crooked shit we pulled with Billy and my, I mean his car. Even money. People look the other way. Self then winked at the media in a strange, ominous way that left those in the room shaken. Wow. 
<laughs> more forthcoming than I expected. <laughs> yeah, it started off a little, you know, kind of wishy washy. You know, coaches are confident. Yeah. They're cocky guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. They, I think one of the biggest frustrations for fans and programs with the NCAA, in all honesty, is how long this takes. I mean, yeah. figure out whose car it is. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not his. Right. Make a decision, pass it down. That whole process should take somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh, let's say 20, 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Two phone calls. Um, yeah. you know, Check the title. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not difficult. Yeah, the uh, the county government knows my car. They, yeah, they send me a tax bill every year. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, run the plates. Yeah, there are these things on cars called license plates. Yeah, I'm like VIN pretty sure that Kansas requires them as well. They are mm-hmm. part of the United States, and unfortunately, what's it crazy? Is, is unlike Hawaii, Bill Self <laughs> has has resurrected a '70s '80s uh, R&B singer named Billy Preston. Nice, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. To get him to get him to come back to play ball is crazy. Bill is a witch. He's <laughs> a wizard, man. That's right. Well, this has been Kansas News. So, guys, before we go, I think we should talk about the Mizzou basketball team because one of the big things that happened early in the week was, or last week, was Blake Harris, the uh, heralded freshman point guard, left the team. He gone. He gone. gone. He came with uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, He was formerly going to go to Washington, North Carolina kid. Uh, He wasn't getting a ton of playing time. I mean, he he was basically splitting time with Geist and Mm -hmm. Terrence Phillips. None of those guys were taking the bull by the horns for uh, the point guard position. And uh, I guess Blake Harris just didn't like what he was seeing, didn't get along with Conzo, and now he gone. Yeah, he had a meeting with North Carolina State this week, I saw. Mm, Yeah. I think uh, this is probably a situation where a kid wanted it and wanted it too fast. And I don't know what kind of player he really was. He wasn't here that long. I could imagine being a talented freshman and watching Geist play more substantial minutes than me mm-hmm. and being frustrated by that. Well, but when Geist was performing at the same or a better level than you... No, I'm not I mean, saying he's... play better ball, man. I'm not saying he's... What I, what I can imagine is Blake Harris knowing he's a better player than Geist. Not playing better than Geist, but knowing he's a better player and thinking that's enough to get on the floor. You know, where obviously Conzo has probably benchmarks that you need to hit if you're going to get substantial playing time. If there's one player that Conzo has not been afraid to heat praise on, it has been Geist. He likes Geist. He wants to take Geist into a dark alley with him if he's going to be in a fight. I heard mm-hmm. some analogy he used. And I've got real, no real problem with Geist. He's a fire shot. I think he plays too much. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that you want to bring him off the bench to, to, to spark the team. I don't think you want him to be your fucking point guard. No. I think that's a bad idea. But mm-hmm. um, He's more of the Colin Vandersex variety than the uh, Michael Porter variety. He is more efficient than Colin Vandersex. Yeah. And, oh, my God. What was going on in Florida? Uh, when we played Florida, it was Vandersex time for some reason. And poor Vandersex, like you've become the ish witter of this basketball team. It's not that Vandersex really does anything wrong. He just doesn't do anything. He yeah. did hit a three. Yeah. Um, he was good for one three, one out of eight. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, what's he doing? He doesn't play, de- he doesn't play lockdown defense. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't That's really score. That's why Geist plays, because Geist plays hard defense. Yeah. Geist plays defense, and Geist can't hit an open three. Yeah. And, well, talking about Florida, that was the next topic. We Missouri lost in the last second shot to uh, Florida. Uh, they threw In the it. worst possible last uh, second they, shot, in the worst possible way ever. They threw the ball away. Most the Missouri thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a very winnable game. Missouri, a lot of Missouri the, hard. The, a lot of the talk about that game we mentioned earlier was the official. And I hate bagging on officials, but yeah. good God. We it put was an article, brutal. I was there. Yeah, we put an article up it on the Mazodcast website about the officiating and how in this particular instance it is totally okay to bash on the officials because so many of the calls they made were absolutely phantom calls. Yeah, or, there was uh, that uh, 
I can't forget the player's name who hit the layup. He traveled in the middle of the paint on one play, and yeah. they call a foul on Jared. Mike too. I'm like, yeah, it's oh, fifth foul. Yeah, it's like that was a travel. How does that turn into a foul? The uh, the other official was running down the court the other way on that. And call, Jeremiah Tillman was standing them. upright, not moving. I saw Joe Waljasper mention on one of the fouls on Jonte that you could have slid a phone book between the you know Jonte's hand and the player. That the foul was called on. Yeah. These phantom fouls, the, the three that was called uh, a foul at the very end of the game on Cassius Robinson was completely non-existent in, in, existent in replay. Yeah. It was, uh, it was hard to take. <sighs> I mean, it was a home game. It was one we You shouldn't really get fucked at home like that. That's no. like rule yeah. number one. No shit. You're at home. You shouldn't take it in the ass to an unranked team. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact Ask that Geist threw the ball to the other team with like basically like four seconds left. Yeah, and then Etias Ednidis at the end yeah. of the game. So yeah, it was absolutely brutal, and all the guys are. The last two games, Tillman hasn't played. Yeah, I mean, he is in immediate foul trouble. Sometimes by his own making, he does mm-hmm. do some stupid things, but a lot of times, he, just by virtue of standing where he's at, it seems to be a foul. No, I, I I said it in the article. I think that they got together before the season started, and the SEC officials just decided that should Jeremiah Tillman move his limbs, it will be in <laughs> violation of league rules. <laughs> yeah, well, I can believe. And, that. and sometimes he gets a foul, and he doesn't move his limbs. He's just yeah. reaching for the heavens. Yeah, and foul. And they did it to Jonte, too. Yeah. And uh, Porter's had a couple good games, though. Jonte's mm-hmm. played better. He had a little lull there a couple games where I was mm-hmm. like, come on, man, kid, pull it together. You know, it is a situation where we're not seeing Michael Porter, obviously, and he's, you know, the phenom who we expect as a freshman to be able to play like a senior. But these other guys are just raw freshmen. Yeah. And they're very talented and they're very good. Yeah. And I think Tillman will see him have better footwork, get yeah, smarter with foul uh, trouble and that sort of thing. Jonte well, just needs to watch Purrier. Yeah. Purrier bodies up on people. He's just craftier about it. Yeah. Those games, just like the Illinois game, just like the Texas Bowl game, they're games where you're looking and you're just like, we should win this game. If we don't get in our own fucking way, if we don't get fucked over by officials, there's no reason that this team this team has the talent to yeah, beat Florida. Turnovers continue to be the, the biggest issue. We make stupid passes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no point guard. Yeah. And I know... And we were I already weak Phillips. at point guard, and then Blake leaves. Blake fucking Harris leaves us. I don't hate Phillips. And I don't hate Geist. I don't... Phillips can't shoot, though. He, he can't. He, he can't, but my thing is, is you shouldn't need him. You know, Barnett's doing... And Barnett and Jonte and Tillman and, and Jordan Barnett's an all American in the first half. And then he just yeah. fades. Away. Well, you know, and, and Missouri always gives up leads in the second half. And I think part of that has been the shitty officiating mm-hmm. because Conzo Martin's style of play is aggressive defense. He talked about playing more zone today. Yeah. Well, but the thing is when you, when you're playing an aggressive defense, it keeps them in games in the first half and then they get into foul trouble and they obviously have to take off pressure mm-hmm. and go away from their game plan. And then we let teams back in the game. Be like Bob Huggins and just keep it the whole time, set it up in the first half where you're aggressive and never let off. Yeah. But Phillips and guys both seem to be polarizing figures. I personally would like to see more Phillips. And I know that there's probably half the people listening to this are going to say, yeah, I agree with you. And then half of them are like, what are you, fucking crazy? Phillips is terrible. And I feel like the same way about Geist. If I said, I think Geist should play more, so the half of people would... The fact that you can't make a definitive call on either one of these guys as far as playing time, controlling the ball, being the point guard, says everything you need to know that we don't really have the player to do this. And C.J. Roberts, was he redshirting this season? Yeah. So maybe he'll come in next season. No, Colin, he transferred, transferred out. Transferred oh. oh, God damn. Yeah, he's a fuck, two point guards You're transferred out. to rely on a recruit. Yeah. It's almost like Colin's not prepared. Yeah, it's weird. It's like we don't prepare for the show, even mm-hmm. though we do tons of prep work. <laughs> we don't have a, a true, clear point guard, but I think the mistake that Conzo has made is that is this, this rotating, revolving door of point mm-hmm. guards, because you've got to get one guy who may be flawed and will be flawed, and just get him, if the t- get if, his teeth cut. If the position is point guard, 
my vote would be for Phillips. I feel like he is a, a better ball distributor than Geist. I mean, he's not ideal, but he's, I, from a point guard standpoint, is a better decision than Geist. And he plays good defense, too. He does. And his his downside is he's not a shooter. Geist is a little bit better of a shooter. But you know what I like about Phillips is he seems to have all the confidence in the world. You know, he's a, he's one of those guys that does not seem to get rattled. And he's just a, goddamn, he's just a flat-out good guy. Maybe Geist is, too, but... yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Phillips has become the sort of sports representative of Mizzou. He's, he's clearly a die-in-the-wool Mizzou guy. If you're going to make one of these guys a point guard, my, my, my only point was I, I would bet on Phillips for that job. Uh-huh. You know, to me, Geist is more of a two than he is a one. Whereas Phillips, I believe, is, you know, if, you're gonna, if he's going to play on a basketball team, it's going to be as a point guard or not at all. Because he can't shoot well enough to no, be a two. No, he's only 5'10". Yeah, he can't shoot well enough to be a two. He's not big enough to play any any other, you know, the three. So what are you going to do with the guy unless he's playing point guard? It's pretty apparent that, that Geist is a Conzo favorite. You know what solves all this? What? What's Michael that? Porter Jr. Uh, he solves yeah. every problem. He solves everything. Uh, except for back pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs to call Shaq and get some of that icy hot shit. Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't know why you can call him two months ago. He'd be fixed and be mm-hmm. dunking on people. Yeah, he did right. He did throw the Mizzou press a bone. He went out there and answered yeah. questions so the press box super Although friends would stop belly aching out loud on, <laughs> on, on Twitter. He, yeah, he, he, he did a press conference and did exactly what we knew he would do. Say nothing definitive, and uh, there you go. I mean, and, uh, nobody asked him any questions. Yeah. yeah, and he's you know he's not practicing with the team yet. It's just we don't know anything. We know he went back to Dallas to get a checkup. We're you know everybody was hoping they're going to say, oh yeah, you're ready to play basketball again. Of course, well, that's not going to happen. He essentially uh, confirmed what we talked about on the podcast: the, the, the how he felt better immediately because mm-hmm. they do this and it's unstable and blah blah. We we went into it, and he basically confirmed all that. Thanks, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't know when he's going to be back. We didn't get anything, and that's why I don't understand why these guys drool to talk to him. Because I mean, ultimately, what are you going to get? Yeah. The same reason I've always like, why are you trying to butter up the fucking head football coach? Or do you really think he's going to sit down with you midseason and do a one-on-one, sixty-minute interview where yeah. he fucking tells you everything you want to know? What's the point in not pissing off the coach? Mm-hmm. So wait, you're you're. You were advocating earlier that the uh, journalists ask more questions, and now you're saying, they, what's the point of them asking these questions? No, I'm saying, what's the point of not asking questions and, and being... Ask uh, asshole questions. Yeah, I mean, like, matter. exactly. That, none of it matters. I mean, John T. Porter's not going to give you what you want. Neither is a coach. Ask the questions or you want to ask. Neither one of the son bitches. <laughs> Either way. Either way. It's pronounced yeah. Jante. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going to come out there and be like, I will be on the floor on January 28th. Yeah. That's not what you're going to get, and that's no. all you want to know. Yeah. I don't care about the rest. I know all the rest. I tell you what, if there is a game where he just comes out in a, his, his in tearaways and uh, five minutes into the game, he goes out to the X and is uh, ready well, to sub my in. Guy says, the like, fans are going to go nuts. My guy says like mid to late February, at the earliest. Yeah. And that's presuming that Mizzou's in a position where he feels like taking a risk. Yeah, is worth it. Yeah, is worth it. And so I would not predict he won't play this season. But I I wouldn't put any big money on it either. I, although I can see if Missouri is getting is tournament eligible mm-hmm. and he's looking at maybe going into the NBA draft that following season, the kid would want to play in the NCAA tournament. I don't think the, there's any question whether <laughs> I think there's any question that Porter wants to play. Yeah. Whether the people his his handlers, his parents, and whomever else are in his circle uh, can talk him out of it is I think the real question. Well, and, and positive news because we've been Debbie Downer for the last half of the show is uh, Missouri. Upset South Carolina in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. The uh, hey, defending national champions. Again, going to the survey, talking about something that's not uh-huh. football. Ladies basketball. Yep, here we go. Sophia Cunningham. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah, there you go. 
Incorrect. I got to stay on brand, but <laughs> that's right, you do. And you do. You do a great job. <laughs> I sure do. Incorrect. Yeah, Sophie Cunningham was awesome, as she always is. And, and so uh, was Sophia. Yeah, <laughs> her sister Sophia. And uh, the great thing about it was South Carolina fans were mad. They were very butthurt and very sour grapes. We saw a yeah, lot we could have done anger. a sour, sour grapes segment. Just based on, on the show. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And lots of Mazadcast fans let South Carolina fans know that they were <laughs> sour grapes. Yeah, I love Thank it. Thank you very much, Mazadcast fans. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mazadcast fans, before we go, guys, I wanted to say we are preparing our uh, Mazoskar show, and we put some the tweets The best out. of. The best of. 2017. Will Oprah be making a impassioned speech at the Mazoskis? She will not. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but um, we have a request for our listeners. Get out there and uh, call our listener line and leave a voicemail of your favorite Mazoskis moment from 2017. We will be picking the best call, the best moment that you guys give us, and we have maybe some- like maybe even replay it. Yeah, well, we'll totally replay it. But <laughs> but what we're going to do is uh, we're going to choose the one we like the most, and our good friends, the the sponsors we have at Schlafly Beer, have contributed to us a couple of VIP passes to their brewery tour. It's up to nine people per pass. It's a $100 value to uh, their brewery in St. Louis. You're going to get a guided tour just for you guys. And uh, whoever gives us the best call in, we're going to play it for you. We're going to give you these free passes. We also have a uh, free 12-pack of Schlafly for the mm-hmm. best caller of the year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this year, because we have sponsorship, right. the the, uh, the winners are going to get something. That's right. We have things to give other than our hearty praise. We have a few Schlafly shirts uh-huh. uh, in various sizes. Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll figure yeah, stuff out. We'll figure it out. Game yeah. 6 still has those olives. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's right. right. Anybody Maybe we can get Game 6 to give us a ball cap or something, too. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Get, we'll get a Game 6 cap and a shirt. So yeah. call, the, call the listener line. We got that on our Twitter account. And then we will, we'll like I said, we'll pick the best one, and we'll actually give free shit away. Yeah, now, who doesn't like free shit? Well, apparently, love free shit. Based yeah. on the the uh, sticker request, lots of people like free <laughs> shit, and I mean literal shit. It's a Mazadcast sticker. Yeah, it is worth nothing. <laughs> but these passes are worth a hundred dollars. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and the twelve pack. That's I don't know what it costs because we've been getting it for free, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it costs something. I mm-hmm. gave the delinquents at work a bunch of Mazadcast stickers, and they put them all over Lake of those. <laughs> nice, stuck everywhere. Yeah, that's great. fantastic. <laughs> great. All right, guys. So uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. We've got some already, but uh, we're going to tweet it out again the number so you'll know who to where to call and uh, leave us your favorite Mazakas moment for 2017. But until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Curry has a distinct smell. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.